This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Salesman Podcast, hosted by Will Barron, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Look, if you work in sales, want to learn how to sell, or just peek at the latest sales news, check out the Salesman Podcast, where host Will Barron helps sales professionals learn how to find buyers and win big business in effective and ethical ways. One of my favorite episodes lately, how to personalize your sales outreach at massive scale. Who doesn't want to do that? Listen to the Salesman Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Amanda Dixon. She's the co-founder at Barney, an M&A firm that specializes in the digital marketing space. She's also a Forbes 40 Under 40 Award recipient. And we're going to talk today about helping entrepreneurs buy and sell their agencies. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, John. This is great. So I have to start with the name. So, you know, I, I have kids that are in their 30s and I'm envisioning a purple dinosaur that yes. I did a lot of watching with. But I guess there's also Smith Barney, which is certainly in the finance space. But I'm sure you and have- And Barney's ho- hopefully- the store. Oh, right, right, right. So, so hopefully there's a story or I'm guessing there you is. You know what? There is not a story, but I need to make one up because yes. everyone asks. The story is- we needed a name and a domain name, and I think it was $14 on GoDaddy. So that's what we ended up with. Corporate, but playful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are Barney.com. In fact, was the URL that you secured. So your origin story, at least I dove into a little bit, is you were like a lot of people. You had something, you tried to get something done and couldn't. So you thought, I'll go do that myself. So yeah. you had an agency and, and sold that agency or, or somehow related. I mean, tell me a little bit about that story. Exactly. Yeah. Not necessarily marketing services, a tech platform that, that sold and the process, this was seven years ago, the process to sell was brutal. I was pregnant with my daughter at the time. So there was a definitive end date when I wanted this process to be done. And I had just a really tough time finding representation that understood the digital space. And also, you know, was it going to charge me a $50,000 a month retainer? For me, the dollar amount of the transaction was so life-changing, but for the markets and for the large scale M&A world, it wasn't a blip on the radar screen. So yeah, I just recognized, gosh, there's this huge gap above a business broker, below an investment banker that's just living in uh, no man's land. Is there anything unique to the marketing space, the digital agency space, or the digital space in general that kind of makes, you know, a disconnect between people that are also selling, you know, roofing companies. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, in the agency space, there's no tangible assets. You're selling relationships with people. You're selling your culture. You're selling your client list. You're selling your business model, but that's it. You have no tangible. Also, you know, agencies don't typically service clients in a localized market. Agencies can service clients all over the world. We may see them niche down based on the type of industry that they're in, you know, that they specialize in. They may just do PPC or just do SEO or just do creative, but they're all over the country. So we just found that folks that do know how to sell construction companies on a localized on a localized scale just don't have the buyer pool to yeah. attract a national you know a national buyer who's interested in the digital ecosystem. 
So let's say somebody stumbles upon you and what you do, or somebody tells them about what you do. And their first thing is, okay, I'm, you know, I'm ready to sell my agency. What do you have to know? What do you have to start unpacking yeah. to really, because I, everybody wants to sell, right? Everybody overvalues what it's worth yep. or expects the big payday. So, so how yep. do you have to start walking back to reality? Yeah. So I always joke with people, but it's one actually 100% serious. My job here and, and our team's job is really to set realistic expectations across the board with yeah. buyers and with sellers. So the first thing we do is we've got to get on the same page with valuation. As a firm, we will always do a valuation at no cost to just get on the same page and say, this is what your business is worth. Sometimes we're way over, sometimes we're way under with what they're expecting. Sure. But nonetheless, that's step one. We do that before there's ever an engagement because it's a lot of time to get these sold. And anyone who knows how the, the M&A space works, we, we don't make any significant money until the business is sold. So yeah, we're not in the yeah, business yeah. of just listing and having it sit. So step one is getting on the same page with valuation. So how... Because there are no tangible assets, obviously it's a lot easier to sell a building you know, as part of a thing. Right. So because there are quite often are like three laptops and you know four cell phones as <laughs> you know the tangible assets. I mean, how do you end up putting uh, some something that is intangible that is more than like you know a, a multiplier of revenue? Because there are some people that have created a methodology, that have created a framework, that have created something exactly a way to actually get exactly. you know leads. I mean, so how do you put a tangible value on those things that maybe actually haven't realized their opportunity? Exactly. Yeah. So if the business is returning net income, profit, EBITDA at the end of the year, it right. is absolutely worth something right. to the right buyer. Right. So just like with any other business uh, in the agency space, the more profitable you are, the higher your valuation. Mm -hmm. Outside of the financials, there are some components that are unique to the agency space that go into uh, what affects the valuation multiple? Those multiples can range between typically two to ten x, two to two times or t up to ten times of your bottom line number. Some of those other factors could include the type of revenue that you have. Are you project based, or are your clients paying you on a recurring retainer? The size of your clients are they all SMBs, small businesses, or do you have enterprise really big clients? Yeah. What does your sales and marketing team look like? Do you have a leadership team? All those things go into you know setting what that that valuation is outside of just the financials. Okay. Let's say you're talking to somebody who has had like 300% growth three years in a row. So they're still yep. only, I don't know, $5 million, right. but somebody looks at that and says, you've cracked something, <laughs> you know, you've like yes. in 10 years, you're going to be a $50 million business. I mean, is that, is there a way to value future growth? Yeah, great point. So in the agency space, one of the atypical features of going in through an M&A transaction in this ecosystem is we just typically use a trailing 12 P&L. We are looking at three years of P&Ls, but the reality is agencies can grow 100, 200, 300% year over year. Right. And it's not, you know, atypical. So we look at a trailing 12 number for retainer based agencies. If they've got a model down for getting new business right. and their last month of MRR is higher than the average of, you know, what the previous year is. Sure. We'll give credit for that. Buyers yeah. sometimes push back a little bit, but we will absolutely give credit for projections. It depends on the time of year too. If you're midway through the year and you're projecting out the current year, it's a it's an easier, you know, case to make to a buyer than if you're finishing up, you know, 2021 and you're saying, but 2022 is going to end up yeah. double. Hard to do a valuation off of that. Is there a right time or a right size? And maybe it had 
has to do with like, what are your objectives in life? You know, but you know, is there such a, like, do you get too big? Do you get like too clumsy? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if you look at agencies and go, yeah, this is like the sweet spot. Yeah. So the easiest agencies to sell are between five and 15 million. Okay. And that's because in, in, in total deal value. So that puts you at EBITDA right, oh, starting right at about a million. Once you had a million in EBITDA, you are significantly less risky to buyers. Yeah, now we right. sell lots of agencies that are smaller, but once you hit a million in eBay, you're significantly less risky to buyers. Your now valuation is, you know, five to six million or higher, which then becomes real life-changing money for folks. So once you hit that million in eBay, that's a it's a great time to think about the conversation. We typically cap out somewhere in seven million in, at seven million in EBITDA, just because there aren't that many agencies that are that size that haven't yeah, already yeah. gone through a transaction. Yeah. The the Five to 15 range, there's just so many more buyers. When you get above 20, 25, 30 million, the buyer pool decreases and you lose the strategic buyer. So strategic buyers are other agencies that are looking to bolt on a smaller. Uh, Those types of buyers, founders love because they understand the culture, they get the you know, what it takes to be successful in the agency space. And they're not just making decisions based on financial returns. So, you know, I'd sell in that five to 15 range, but again, to each his own. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. You know, the universe is ever expanding, but it's constantly adapting too. adding solar systems here and there, a sprinkle of stars and a black hole or two to keep things interesting. A HubSpot CRM platform adapts and changes to the needs of your business. So the sky is never the limit. HubSpot's reporting dashboard gives you a satellite view over your marketing, sales, and customer service performance, so you can get ahead of any issues before they happen. And automated marketing tools allow you to create consistent multi-channel campaigns for clear, concise communications and less mixed messages. You can even use email marketing tools to send, test, and optimize your emails for different devices and inboxes. Whether your business is Jupiter or Pluto sized. A HubSpot CRM platform is easy to implement and ready to scale with you. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. To that point you just made, do people, uh, are you seeing anybody selling parts that, you know, it's like, hey, I, we, I'll just throw out an idea. We, we need a team of, you know, YouTube, you know, advertising experts or social advertising experts. And we don't have that. So we want to acquire a firm that just does that as kind of a part rather, you know, sort of an ac- acquisition hire. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we see buyers do that all the time. And that's what strategic buyers do. You could be a really great e-com web dev shop and say, okay, we need performance marketing to drive e-commerce leads to our clients. We develop these great products, but we're not able to drive traffic to them and our clients are asking for that. So that's really what strategic buyers are doing in this ecosystem. Sellers are not typically ever selling just a part of their business, though. They're really selling the whole thing. So talk to me a little bit about how hard it is if, you know, a very common model today is people are outsourcing a lot of the implementation fulfillment. So does that make it actually harder to sell because you don't really own that part of it? Yes and no. So if you're a project-based agency and cash flow is challenging to manage, and the way that you work through that is by outsourcing, keep doing it. Because bringing in-house and then having cash flow issues or not being profitable because you're overstaffed for projects 
is worse than having outsourced labor. If you're retainer-based, no, bring those people in-house. There's no reason to, you can scale up if you've got the, if you've got the retainers. Talk to me a little bit about the consultant versus agency model. I work with a lot of, of consultancies, or at least that's kind of how they refer to themselves, who I think are more strategic. They're providing more strategy and not necessarily fulfillment. Is that, I I do think a lot of times that is a harder model to sell because it is typically, you know, even if it's a $5 million firm, it's typically about the people that they're buying or the people's relationships or the people's knowledge. Is that harder to sell than fulfillment engines? You know, it's interesting. The market shifts, right? Like every market does. The agency M&A market shifts too. We've seen over the course of the last couple of years, large agencies realize they need a seat at the strategy table to do the fulfillment. (laughs) So large agencies and financial buyers are saying, okay, we need to bring on management consulting, whether it's just around sustainability or diversity, equity, inclusion, or whether it's around just branding. The strategy piece has become very desirable because oftentimes strategy is backed by data and analytics. And so yes, having a seat at that table when you're in the C-suite, which those folks typically are, it's, it, it is valuable. I wouldn't say it's harder, uh, just the buyers are a little bit different. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense though, because I mean, one of the things that's going on in the world of fulfillment, as you probably know, is it's sort of a race to the bottom financially. Yeah. You know, I can get a website or somebody will promise to develop a WordPress website for me for 500 bucks. I mean, I, who's to say exactly. what it's going to be, but I think exactly. that's gotten tougher to sell, hasn't it? Exactly. Well, and look at what happened in the influencer agency space. Influencer agencies five, six, seven years ago were making a killing. They were brand new. Uh, You could be just a standalone influencer agency. Now with the rise of the influencer tech, it feels like a little bit of a race to the bottom. And some of those agencies are really struggling to, you know, remain profitable. Well, that happened 10 years ago with social media only agencies. Exactly. You know? And then yep, all, of, exactly. all of the general agencies figured out Twitter's not actually that hard. Right. You know, we, <laughs> we can just do that for them, can't we? So uh, exactly. do you have a success story or two that you, I'm not sure how much you can divulge in terms of names and dollars, but do you want to talk about something that you put together maybe that could give an, an, uh, people an idea of the value of really going to somebody who specializes? Absolutely. Well, uh, there's, there's no question that whether it's us or someone else, everyone going through this process needs to have an advisor on their side. There are a lot of idiosyncrasies that go into an M&A transaction. So the, the historical data, you know, and part of the trade organizations for M&A groups is that nine in 10 businesses that are listed never sell. And our ratio of, of sales is exactly the opposite. We sell 90% of what we bring on. And that's mostly because we're, we're hyper niche in this space and really understand yeah. the business and the buyers. But the other side, of that is, you know, you just need an advocate to guide you throughout the process. So success stories for us are, you know, abundant. (laughs) We get to help people change their lives every day. So, you know, as we look at at our business and and really the purpose behind that, we really stick to that core value in that, you know, everyone that we're able to get across the finish line is forever grateful to us. It's like getting married, having a baby and, you know, selling your business. Most of the, most people try and just do that, that once. Um, so yeah, I mean, success stories for us uh, live in, in the stories of our clients and the happiness that they feel and the, you know, the phone calls and the text messages and the, you know, the email and the press about a, a close transaction and someone's life changing and the, 
you know, it, it, it's not just the founders. It could be the key employees that are mm-hmm. minted as millionaires at those, the time of those transactions. Or, you know, they go on to a much larger ecosystem and continue to do great things. Those, those are all, you know, wonderful times of this business. So we've talked really, or, or at least I think all we've really talked about is the idea of, you know, having an advisor, but does that advisor come also with the, the legal aspects and the financial advisors? And because, uh, you know, somebody, let's say somebody has a successful transaction and they, they walk away with two and a half million dollars, you know, before their earn out or whatever. I mean, all of a sudden they've got I hate to say they're problems, but they've got different problems, right? I mean, so do, are you really hiring a team with your organization or is it more like, oh, we tell people they need to get all those people? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was- Yeah, I, tr- I tried to extend my question because I could tell you were, <laughs> you were struggling. Could you see me struggling? I'm <laughs> muted for a minute. Sorry about that. Yeah, so we really try and do all of that in-house. Folks still need to have their own counsel. Yeah. To go through the process, they need to, you know, w- the buyer produces closing documents, but at the end of the day, every seller needs to have a, you know, an attorney on their side who can help review those documents. It's part of a law firm. We have an amazing in-house counsel who helps with that process and, you know, will help guide the due diligence process. But ultimately the, the sellers do need to have, you know, an attorney. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, we've just got an amazing team of people that come from the finance industry, but then folks that don't, um, people that come from the agency space, people that are entrepreneurs. And, you know, our job is really to handhold throughout this, what can be a very stressful, emotional process. And, you know, there's various components to that from financial to, to legal. And, and some of it's just emotional therapy. <laughs> All right. So one last question, because we're going to run out of time. Have you ever experienced a transaction where a founder sold the company to their existing team? No, that's always... That, that in some cases has been a scenario that people think they want to do, but then yeah. when they realize that there are other opportunities for their team that could be better and could be bigger, yeah. they realize that that's probably not the best option for yeah. anyone. Yeah. You probably, it would probably be rare to have uh, in many cases, a team that's even a, something they want. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. So, so yeah, that we find that a, yeah, we find that a lot that, that folks that are, you know, senior leaders at the team don't want to, you know, own it. They're happy, you know, kind of in the role that they're filling and excited yeah. to go join a larger ecosystem. So uh, short of looking for the purple uh, dinosaur, could you tell people where <laughs> we could find you Amanda, and your yes. work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. LinkedIn is a great place to reach me, Amanda Dixon, and our website, wearebarney.com. Awesome. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for stopping by. This was a great conversation and hopefully we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road. Awesome. Thanks, John. All right. So that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and you know we love those reviews and comments and just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the duct tape marketing system, our system, to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that Offer Our System to Your Clients tab.